Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast. Bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. And are we in a better mood today than last week? Rams win 38-22, and it really wasn't that close put on a fantastic display on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, special teams, eh. But overall, a very impressive win, albeit against the lowly Houston Texans. But that's what you need to do against teams like this. Let there be no doubt about the result early on. Pull some of your starters, give some young guys some experience, and that's exactly what the Rams did. 38 to 22. It was 38 to nothing at one time. Texans put up 22 points in the fourth quarter. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. My prediction, by the way, was 33 to 13. So not too far off. We should not have allowed the Texans to put 22 points up on the board. And actually, if it's a closer game, that would not have happened. We're going to recap the entire game for you, possession by possession. We'll go through our game notes, hand out some game balls, and we'll also have our loop around the league. Before we get started, wanted to get a few things out of the way. 
On Thursday, we will have the Ram Titan preview, and we're also going to check in on the LA Lakers. So if you're an LA Laker fan, please check that out. I also wanted to touch real quickly on this Deshaun Jackson situation. Get this out of the way. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. Really disappointing. The guy's on a team that could be going to the Super Bowl. Right now, he's making minimal contributions. And that's kind of what I expected. One or two catches here or there. But he's unhappy. He wants to go somewhere. He wants to be traded somewhere where he can show his stuff. And I don't get it. What is his trade value? We talking a 2025 12th round draft pick? I just don't see much value there. And yes, I'm fully aware the draft ends at seven rounds. Just trying to make the point. I don't see who would be willing to give up anything for Deshaun Jackson. They'll just wait for the Rams to cut him. Now, I wonder if the Tutu Atwell injury, we don't know much about that yet, but I wonder if that Tutu Atwell injury could change this entire dynamic. But I kind of hope not. I just hope we move on from him. Deshaun, you want to throw away the opportunity to contribute to a Super Bowl championship. This is not what we need. See you later, Deshaun Jackson. It was fun while it lasted. Our game recap coming up in a minute. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's try to capture how this game went possession by possession. Rams got the ball first. 75-yard drive, five first downs. Cooper Cup, Daryl Henderson, Tyler Higby all contributing. Henderson scores on a pass in the right flat. Too easy, really. Rams take a 7-0 lead. Texans get the ball their first possession at the 25. They pick up a quick first down. Brandon Cooks with the catch. But then they're hampered by a couple of penalties and need to punt. Rams get the ball back. Own 25. Henderson, Higby, Van Jefferson all contributing on this drive. Henderson had a really nice 19-yard run, cutting it to the outside. But they go for it on 4th and 1. 
and the ball goes off Henderson's hands. A very similar play to the one they scored the touchdown on, but they come up empty. And this is one of the things I had talked about as a key to the game. I say just kick the field goal against a team like this. Don't give them any hope. Put points on the board. But Rams went for it, and they come up empty. So they're still leading 7 to nothing. Texans' next possession, 3 and out. Rams get the ball back at the 35. Sony Michelle in for Daryl Henderson on this drive. Big play to Robert Woods for 27 yards. But the Rams have to settle for a 27-yard field goal on this drive. Go up 10 to nothing. Houston's next drive, Ernest Jones, our new starting inside linebacker, the rookie out of South Carolina, taking over for Kenny Young. Intercepts a Davis Mills pass, returns it to the 11. And it looked like the Rams were going to come up empty on this one as well. They went for it on, I believe it was fourth and three. And it was incomplete, but the Rams get bailed out by a really bad holding call, in my opinion. So instead of turning the ball over to the Texans for the second time on downs, they get a first and goal and capitalize a TD pass to Robert Woods. Rams up 17 to nothing. Houston's next possession. They move the ball inside Ram territory for the first time, get to the 49. Third and 10 from the 49. Greg Gaines gets a sack. It's really a team sack in my opinion, but Gaines was the main guy. Rams get the ball one last time, and after a short pass to Higby and a little run by Daryl Henderson, Cooper Cup, 52-yard pass play, and the Rams are in business again. A screenplay to Woods gets him down to the two, and Daryl Henderson runs it in basically untouched, and the Rams are up 24 to nothing. On the kickoff, our first sign of weak special teams play once again surfaces. Big return by the Texans puts them in business. Matt Gay actually had to make the tackle on that return. They actually get in position for a last second field goal, but it goes wide right and the Rams are up 24-0 at halftime. Some halftime stats for you. Daryl Henderson, 12 rushes for 80 yards, a rushing and a receiving TD. Cooper Cup, Five catches for 98 yards. Second half, Houston's first possession, three and out. Leonard Floyd gets a sack. The Rams pick up one first down, but then they have to punt. Woods and Jefferson both had drops on that drive. Houston's next possession, more Rams sacks and another three and out. 58-yard punt by Houston, though. And this is a bit of a special teams fiasco by the Rams. On the first punt... There's offsetting penalties. Tutu Atwell got nowhere. They re-kick, and there's another penalty on the Rams, and Tutu Atwell gets hurt. So back-to-back penalties on the Rams' return unit there. But on the Rams' next possession, a 68-yard pass play, Stafford to Van Jefferson. Sets up an 11-yard TD pass to Cup. Takes the Rams two plays to go the distance for the touchdown. They're up 31-0 on that pass play to Van Jefferson. A little bit of a scare there. It looked like he hurt his knee, but he came back later. Texans' next possession, Aaron Donald gets a sack. Texans have to punt again. Rams another drive. Ben Scourneck is in on this drive. He has two catches, one an 18-yarder, and Woods eventually scores on a 16-yard run or reverse. Houston's next drive, another three and out. And after that, the Rams start subbing en masse, especially on offense. John Wolford's in. Alaric Jackson and Bobby Evans are in on the offensive line. Jacob Harris is getting some playing time, and Skowernick is still in. And it shows Rams can do nothing on offense. 
Houston's next drive, it's the Rex Burkhead show. Texans finally get on the board with a Burkhead run, and they're and the score is 38-7. to And this is in the fourth quarter now. I'm not going to go into detail on these ensuing drives, but but in short, after that Burkhead score, the Texans added two more touchdowns as well as a two-point conversion to end up with 22 fourth-quarter points. Some subs in, but a lot of starters are still playing. Wasn't a good sight to see, and we also had another blown special teams play. The Texans had a successful onside kick. I was hoping we wouldn't see that. This was a tough play, though. Ball bounced up high, and Robert Woods could not secure it. Texans got the ball, and that contributed to that 22-point onslaught. I wouldn't say I was getting nervous at any point, but I was also disappointed that we couldn't shut them down on one of those drives. Davis Mills playing very well. I think he's going to be a good one as I said in our game preview. So to close it out, Rams win 38-22. to The Texans getting all their points in the fourth quarter. Overall, very solid performance by the Rams. Just didn't close out very well. That's our game capture for you. We'll be back in a moment to review the keys to the game that we had provided during our preview, the big plays of the game, who gets game balls, how do we feel about the refing, the coaching, and the announcers, and all that other good stuff? When I gamble, I'm always looking for a way to get an edge. But at my bookie, they double your first deposit, so you start with a leg up. Use my promo code RAMSUP. Sign up now, claim your first deposit bonus with my bookie, and use the extra funds to kickstart your winning season. This weekend, Lay the points with Arizona as they continue streaking in San Francisco. This weekend, lay the points with Arizona as they continue streaking in San Francisco. And with two top 10 offenses in the Titans and Rams going toe-to-toe on Sunday night, you can safely smash the over at MyBookie. Don't just take my word for it. Head to MyBookie and sign up now using promo code RAMSUP to get your money doubled and start winning today. Remember, good friends don't let friends win alone. So have your buddies use your referral link so you're eligible to receive an additional 250% bonus on your first deposit. Plus, it's unlimited to redeem so all of your friends can join the party at MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Let me share my notes on this game with you. Let me start by revisiting what I called out as my fearsome four keys to the game. Fearsome key number one was don't lose the turnover war. Check. Mission accomplished. Fearsome key number two was let's put a cap on Brandon Cooks. And we did that while it mattered. Cooks burned us in the second half. The game was essentially over by then. So I'm going to say mission accomplished on that. For some key number three, don't let the Texans jump out early. The Rams have been starting slow. They flipped the script a little bit this time. So I would say mission accomplished. And for some key number four, hey, how about let's be ready for some onside kicks and fake punts. Well, again, mission accomplished when it mattered. 
we had some special teams failures and that onside kick in the second half that the Texans succeeded on was a little bit disappointing. But overall, I would say check that. This was really a game where there was no keys to the game. Really, there were no big plays to the game that really changed things. It was really just one team being completely better than the other. Rams are going to win this game. I think that was pretty clear after a couple of possessions. Prior to the game on Twitter, I called out four things I wanted to see. I wanted to see Joseph Noteboom play well. I think that happened. I certainly haven't reviewed every play, but our running backs had plenty of room, and Stafford was protected well, so clearly Noteboom got the job done. I wanted to see Tutu Atwell have some meaningful touches on offense. That didn't happen, and it was clear we weren't going to see it happen after he got hurt on the punt return. Saw a lot of Ben Scourneck, so that was kind of cool. Another thing I wanted to see was a clean special teams game. Sorry, didn't happen. It was looking good early on. It was looking good early on. No big mistakes. Johnny Hecker had a fantastic punt. And then we had those back-to-back penalties on the punt returns. And then the onside kick snafu. And the other thing I wanted to see was a fast start. Reiterating one of my keys to the game here. And we did. We got off to a fast start. Took the game away from the Texans. Would have even been earlier if we had converted to that first fourth and one. But still, this game was out of hand pretty early. As far as big plays of the game, kind of the same thing. It's really hard to call things out that are that significant in a game where you're up 38 to nothing at one point. But I will call out some significant plays here. One was a fourth and one stop by the Texans early on. That could have been a big play. And even Ram fans have to admit that holding call on the Texans on a fourth down, that was bogus. Rams were up 10 to nothing at that point. It should have turned the ball back over to the Texans. Instead, the Rams get a first down and they cash it in for the score. So at that point, it certainly was a big play. Instead of 10 nothing, and the Texans have the ball, it's 17 nothing, and the Rams are beginning to put this game away real early. Another was a 27-yard pass play to Woods. I'm going chronologically here. That led to the field goal to put the Rams up 10 to nothing. Next up was the Ernest Jones interception. That led to another touchdown and a 17 nothing lead. And even Ram fans have to admit that holding call on the Texans on a fourth down, that was bogus. Rams were up 10 to nothing at that point. It should have turned the ball back over to the Texans. Instead, the Rams get a first down and they cash it in for the score. So at that point, it certainly was a big play. Instead of 10 nothing and the Texans have the ball, it's 17 nothing and the Rams are beginning to put this game away real early. The 52-yard pass play to Cooper Cup in the second quarter. That led to yet another touchdown and a 24 to nothing lead. And I guess I should mention the 68-yard pass play to Van Jefferson wasn't really that consequential. Well, maybe given how the game ended, it was. But that was actually the biggest play from scrimmage. Just came at a point in the game where I think the result was already decided. 
I wanted to mention some things that were really nice to see in this game. Ben Skowronek, he looked really good. Had some Cooper Cup type moves. He's a big guy, 6'3", 224. It's a type of receiver we haven't had in a while. And he looks very confident and very competent out there. It was nice to see Ernest Jones contributing. Wow. I mean, I love Kenny Young, but I feel much better about our linebacker unit. Maybe we are better, just not as deep. But that remains to be seen. We'll have to see Ernest Jones do it a few weeks in a row. Jones actually led the team in tackles, and if I'm not mistaken, the Rams have typically been led by one of their safeties in this category. So having a rookie linebacker step in there and lead the team in tackles, that's a good sign. Go through some stats here. The Rams finished with five sacks. Leonard Floyd had two. Aaron Donald, one and a half. Ernest Jones, Greg Gaines, and Oko had a half a sack each. Stafford pulled early, but he still finished with 305 yards and three TDs. Anderson also pulled early, 14 rushes for 90 yards. Team finished with 165 yards rushing, five plus yards per carry. On the receiving side, Cup led the way, no surprise, seven catches, 115 yards. Van Jefferson, just three catches, but for 88 yards, thanks to that 68-yard hookup with Stafford early in the third quarter. Worth noting in this game, the point spread at game time was 16 points. So the Texans' two-point conversion late in the game meant something to someone. And I also wanted to mention, before I forget, I missed in my preview that Levy Smith is the defensive coordinator for the Texans. I had no idea. Bad on me. The old Rams defensive coordinator under Mike Martz went on to coach the Bears. Now he's with the Texans as their DC. Player props. Well, I'm going to start with the offensive line. Kept Stafford clean, and we had gigantic holes early in the game. This Texans run D is not very good. So this was somewhat expected, and it was good to see. Dante Dion, did you see that catch? That toe tap on the sideline. What a catch. One of the better catches I've seen by a cornerback in a long time. He had a good day. And Ernest Jones, of course, stepping up, leading the team in tackles and his first career interception as he debuts as Kenny Young's replacement. And you got to give it to Daryl Henderson, running tough, running angry. He looked really good, as did Sonny Michelle, actually. And it was nice to see Buddy Howell at the end there. Coach's corner. I was thinking about calling out the Rams coaching staff for not subbing early. We eventually got a lot of guys in there that I wanted to see. Bobby Brown was out there for a little bit. Buddy Howell, of course. Ben Skowernick actually got a lot of playing time. But then as the game wound down and the Texans put up 22 points, maybe I'll rescind that criticism. Coaches, great job. You subbed it out perfectly. As far as the refing goes, the only thing I will say is that holding call on the Texans that gifted the Rams a touchdown, that was pretty bad. And as far as the announcers, Chris Myers and Daryl Johnston, solid overall. We've seen these guys for years. My only criticism on Myers was he suggested that Stafford should have ran it in on that fourth down incompletion to Daryl Henderson. 
I didn't see it. I watched that play two, three times over. I'm not sure what he was seeing, but did not look like a viable option to me. And I also wanted to mention that Daryl Johnson said a couple times that Tutu Atwell did not look comfortable on his punt returns. And someone suggested this on Twitter as well. And, you know, up until this game, I had been thinking just the opposite. I think he looks extremely comfortable back there. Now, one of these punts that looked like he misjudged had to run back there. Yeah, you're going to look uncomfortable when you misjudge a ball. But other than that, I thought he looked fine. Of course, he got crushed on the one play and hurt his arm. But I disagree with Daryl Johnston. Maybe he's just taken a snapshot of that one punt return. And maybe his assessment is also being colored by the fact that Atwell struggled with that second one and got hurt. But still, I disagree. I think Atwell looks fine. We'll have to see how it plays out with the injury, though. In conclusion, what does it all mean? It means the Rams keep pace with these top dogs in the NFC And it would appear that we're even with the Cardinals, but not really. We're going to have to stay even with them. And we're going to have to beat them or we'll be a wildcard team, very likely. Tough stretch coming up. Two primetime games in a row. Sunday night hosting the Titans and Monday night at the Niners. These are two key games. I'd be happy with one out of two, but I'm hoping for two out of two. Sunday night. Derrick Henry, and the following Monday night, that rugged Niners defense. Up next, our loop around the league. Let's get into our loop around the league, shall we? Things got kicked off with that Thursday night game between the Green Bay Packers and Arizona Cardinals. Wildly entertaining. Kyler Murray looking really good. But you know what? Aaron Rodgers always looks good. He may be the most talented quarterback in the league. Great road win for the Packers. Weird play at the end of the game. Kyler Murray trying to hit A.J. Green for the winning touchdown. Green doesn't turn around and the ball's intercepted. And Kyler Murray hobbling off with an ankle injury. Zayvon Collins got hurt in that game. Their rookie linebacker. I really like him. He's an important part of that defense. But I have not heard any update on that injury. So hopefully we'll know something by Thursday. The Eagles 44, the Lions 6. Man, if the Lions can't stay within 35 points of the Eagles at home... I don't know where they're going to get their win, man. Looks pretty sad there. Titans 34, Colts 31. This was a crazy game, especially the last few minutes. Went into overtime, the Titans' third overtime game this year, and they pulled it off. Crazy last few minutes, like I said. Carson Wentz threw two interceptions. One late in the game that went for a pick six. Odd play. He looked like he was going to try to throw it away at the foot of a receiver. Changed his mind. Looked like he was going to take the second end zone, so he kind of chucked it up. Ball gets grabbed and ran in for the touchdown, and then he threw another interception in overtime. Crushing loss for the Colts at home. The Jets 34, the Bengals 31. Now, this has to be a big hit for thousands of people in their survivor leagues. Not me. 
I got mine in a creative way, but I probably would have taken the Bengals, however I used them earlier in the season. Mike White, first start in the NFL, 405 yards and three TDs, joins Cam Newton as the only player since at least 1950 to throw for over 400 yards in his first career start. I kept on seeing this name, Mike White, pop up. Mike White, who the heck's Mike White? Well, we all know now the Jets pull off the upset. I mean, the Bengals, they're cruising. Things are looking so good for them. They get the Jets. Easy win, right? Put it in your pocket and walk away, and they can't pull it off, and they lose crushing. There was actually a questionable penalty at the end of that game. Bengals would have got the ball back one last time, but they called a personal foul on a tackle. I don't know. I didn't like the call. Guy went in low to try to make the tackle. Player went lower and their helmets touched. Jets kept the ball. Niners 33, Bears 22. The Niners improved to 3-4, and four, so we can't bury them quite yet. They could still be in the hunt for a wild card spot. We'll talk about that when we review the standings in a moment. They host the Cardinals next week, so maybe we'll be pulling for them, as painful as it can be. Jimmy G threw for 322 yards. And that running back I mentioned that I really like, Elijah Mitchell, ran for 137 yards in a TD. Panthers 19, Falcons 13. When are we going to learn? Never pick the Falcons. Panthers get a much-needed win to improve to 4-4. Four and four. Steelers 15, Browns 10. Big Ben 24-3-1 and three and one against the Browns. That's incredible. Bills 26, Dolphins 11. Hey, if you heard me pick the Dolphins as one of my sleeper teams earlier this year, that was a different podcast. That wasn't me, I swear. I heard this rumor going around that I had picked the Dolphins for the playoffs. No, not true. Never happened. Seahawks 31, Jags 7. Tyler Lockett 142 yards receiving and no TDs. How does that happen? DK Metcalf, on the other hand, had two TDs and an unsportsmanlike penalty. Surprise, surprise. Seahawks clinging to life at 3-5. and five. Another team that their best hope is that seventh seed in the playoffs. They go on their bye week and then they travel to Green Bay and come back and play Arizona. So they have a tough road ahead if they want to stay relevant. Patriots 27, Chargers 24. And this is where I took my hit in the Survivor League. I just felt like the Chargers were going to finally get it together and beat the Patriots. I was wrong. Herbert threw a costly interception late in the game. Not entirely his fault, but the Chargers dropped to 4-3. and three, And they lost two starters in their secondary during the game. Not sure how serious that is. Broncos 17, Washington football team 10. About as low scoring as we expected. Broncos needed this one after starting 3-0. They needed a win to get back on track, and they did just that. Saints 36, Bucks 27. Brady 375 yards and four TDs, but two interceptions and a fumble. Chris Godwin 140 yards and a TD. That division just got a little bit more interesting. I didn't see much of it but I did see the end of it, and I get a special joy out of watching Tom Brady take sacks in crunch time. I don't know what it is. And in the Sunday night game, Dallas 20, Minnesota 16, some guy named Cooper Rush steps in for Dak Prescott. 
and leads them to the win. Amari Cooper with a winning touchdown late in the game. And then, of course, there's the Monday night game, Giants-Chiefs. So a quick look at the state of affairs in the NFC West. The Rams and Cardinals both 7-1. and one. The Cardinals have the edge there head-to-head. Green Bay owns the NFC North. Dallas owns the NFC East. And Tampa Bay still on top in the South, but New Orleans gained some ground this week. And there's a bunch of teams that could have eyes on that seventh seed at this time. In the AFC North, the Browns and Bengals both slip up this week. So now Baltimore's back on top with a 5-2 and two record, and the Steelers are in the hunt, of course. In the AFC South, it's all Tennessee. In the AFC East, Buffalo clearly the top dog, but maybe the Patriots are on to something. And in the AFC West, it's the Raiders right now. They had a bye this week. All four teams in that division really are in the conversation for the playoffs at this point. Before we sign off, I wanted to get a real quick sports pet peeve off my chest. Auburn beat Ole Miss the other day. A lot of people were calling it an upset. It was not an upset. Don't look at the rankings to determine if a game's an upset. Look at the point spread. It's not an upset unless Vegas says it's an upset. Just had to get that off my chest. Thursday morning, we will have an update on the Tutu Atwell injury. And maybe we'll find out more about when Darius Williams might be returning. And we'll have that Rams-Titans preview. And as I mentioned before, we're going to check in on the Los Angeles Lakers. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. It is greatly appreciated. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube Royalty Free Music Audio Library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.